Welcome back, Fortune Seekers, to the official Megamoth Studio podcast. This episode, we're gonna be focusing on community building, how to use online marketing, such as uh, Instagram and TikTok, in order to grow your audience for your game, as well as um, just making those same connections in real life, face-to-face, -face, how to find those opportunities and how to make the most of them. Um, so why don't we go ahead and get into it? All right, and welcome back to the show. Uh, so I'm your host, Joel Watts, and with me as always is my co-host and uh, co-creator of the game, Ex-Seekers of Fortune, Daniel Ayub. Hey, Danny. Hey, how's it going? You mentioned a couple of different versions of my name there, which is weird because I was about to ask you whether or not you think I should go by a different version of my name because during my day job, I'm uh, just, people always ask me, you go by Daniel or Danny or Dan, and I'm like, well, call me whatever you want. And they're like, well, which one do you want to call? So I just give don't. everyone a different answer. I see. I, I mean, I do feel like your name is a good one for contextual name situations like yeah. you know it's like because i think daniel sounds really great and professional but then when i'm like thinking about when i tell people about you i usually say daniel when i'm talking to you i say danny so i guess it just depends um but i you get you get some uh, you, you know like i said you can be like more professional with one and uh a little more casual with the other and i'm sure i you know the one i wouldn't call you is dan yeah what is dan what is, what is the dan connotation I don't, uh, I don't know. You have to be like at a river, I think, you know, it's about to go off a rope swing. That's pretty, yeah. But, uh, um, that's not really my scene, but you know, I mean, yeah. this is an adventure, uh, themed <laughs> game, a podcast about an adventure thing game. Maybe, maybe there's like a rope swing in our near, near future. I don't know. I think that could be, I could think that could be like a, a hazard card or something like that, that we can develop. We'll talk more about that for multiplayer, but I just thought like a weekend getaway. You don't we think so? <laughs> well, I always find it funny that it's always the indoor kids who make these kind of, you know, outdoor adventure games. You know, um, I'm sure Gary Gainax spent most of his time inside, but yet he wrote, you know, a, a game about adventuring, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, the ultimate game where adventure is at its core. And it was written by a guy who probably spent 90% of his time indoors. I'm just, I'm just presuming. I wish Gary was still with us to, to ask him that question, but you know, it's sort of like in a wet, hot American summer. I want to say the indoor kids were like also the most, you know, the most brainy, the most like, you know, they were coming up with their own worlds and that's what we do. Yeah. We, we come up with our own worlds. They call it world building, right? Yeah. That's our, that's our specialty of not leaving the house and building worlds. <laughs> Well, we did leave the house uh, a few weeks ago, and if you are interested, last week's episode, we covered our uh, 405 Brewing event, which was held in Norman, Oklahoma. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, you can learn more about that event there. We also talked about how we use mechanics in order, uh, the mechanics of the game in order to create drama in the game. It's sort of how we use the final quest to create uh, storytelling and uh, a climactic ending, which actually... Um, to branch off of that and to go off script a little, uh, Tuesday Night X, we just did our first Tuesday Night X event yesterday, last night. It, I think it went really well, but I do have to say the final quest stood up to public, I guess that public forum quite well because I played four games with Laird, who's a streamer on Twitch uh, that he's been helping us support our game and get it out there. And I want to say at least two of those games were climactic finishes that involved us both getting into the final quest and, you know, one of us coming back from, uh, from behind, if you will. Uh, what was your perception of those games, Danny? Did you get to watch them? Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually had a opportunity to watch them from a uh, room within discord with a few other, uh, fortune seekers. We were huddled up in a room all watching the stream and, and having a conversation. It was kind of cool. It was like a little watch party with a little commentary. Um, mm -hmm. and that's just one of the kind of fun little side things we get to do during Tuesday night X, but the games were incredible. The VOD, the VOD, is that what they call it? The VOD, mm -hmm. the VOD is available on Laird's, uh, Twitch. And I would definitely recommend, uh, downloading it, no spoilers. Uh, Joel loses, but I think you should. Uh, 
Well, I don't think anything's spoiled about that. I mean, Laird is a, a very savvy player, and he picked up on a strategy that I was afraid existed in the game. But yeah, like you said, no spoilers, but why don't you go ahead and go watch that and just see how intense our games can be. Yeah, and shout out to Laird, though. I mean, this this guy is a master at breaking games. I think that's like his hobby is like he looks for new games so that he can destroy them and then <laughs> bring the pieces back to the creators and be like, look what I did for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is like well, the he, best white hat uh, game destroyer out there. So uh, definitely happy to have him working uh, alongside us and making sure that we don't bring the, the broken version of the game to, to market. So thanks, Laird. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it. yeah, thank you, Laird. Thank you, Laird, so much. Uh, check out his stream when you can. He's a Death Absolutely. by Daylight. Pri- that's like the primary game he plays, and he'll, he will tell you all you need to know about that game because he has some very interesting insights into it. He's one of the best it. players in the world. I think he's just like top five, top ten, he said. And um, it's spelled L-A-R-R-E-D. And I think he has an underscore at the end. Um, and uh, But if you just type in L-A-R-R-E-D, it'll definitely come up on Twitch. And um, just like the nicest person you can ever meet and one of the just best technical gamers you'll ever watch. So definitely yeah. would highly recommend tuning in. He's got an awesome community. Everyone is super nice um, mm-hmm. and respectful. And uh, if you want to hang out with somebody who's worth hanging out with, definitely check and check Laird out for sure. Yeah, and he has a great Discord server set up. Well, he's a really good Discord moderator. Um, but yeah, and if you want to join us at the next Tuesday night uh, X, that's going to be next Tuesday. It's going to be every Tuesday for the foreseeable future, maybe even forever if we're lucky. Uh, and that's going to be every Tuesday from eight until roughly midnight. And if you get into our discord, you're going to be able to find people there to play the game with and play, you know, rivals to play against and people to talk about the game with. And And you want to get in early because we're not very far off from, um, starting to do league play, I think. And you're going to want to get in on that and start racking up some stats. I'm not going to say it's going to happen this week or the next week, but we are building towards it. So it's going to be super exciting. Yeah, and we're definitely looking for ways to make it all the more dramatic. Uh, Don't be surprised if you see some sort of uh, maybe um, competition on the main channel. So the the way that's set up right now is like you'll go to the Discord in order to be with everybody all at the same time on Tuesday. And there will be a stream. And it'll most likely either be Danny or myself playing with either Laird or one of his uh, fellow streamers. And uh, what we were thinking about doing for next week, and Danny and I can get more into this like off off camera, but we were thinking about doing something where instead of it just being one game after another, it may be scorekeeping amongst the games and uh, the two people on stream trying to play to first to get to a certain point value. But we're still figuring out the point values and how exactly to score it. But it won't just be a simple win-loss. It'll be involved like how many adventures did you complete? How many Action X cards did you use? And then, then we'll we'll get uh, more into that probably next week once we figure it out. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll delve a little bit deeper into the ins and outs of Tuesday Night X when we get to the main topic today because it, it really lines up to what we're doing and we'll, we'll kind of tell the story of how we arrived to Tuesday Night X, no doubt. Um, oh, but, yeah. Uh, it's really cool. It's definitely something that we're developing as we're going along, but we'll, let's save that for later in the show. Oh, for sure. In fact, so why don't we go ahead and introduce today's topics? Uh, As you might have seen in the intro, we are going to be talking about community building this week. So the one thing that we're are the two areas that we're looking at at community building are both uh, online. And I would say that Danny has been doing the brunt of the work there and then in person. And I'm not going to claim to have done the brunt of the work, but I do have I think I have a flair for in person what would you say connection making you're you know? really good at walking up to strangers and making them your friend as quickly as possible mm. yeah um, thank, thank you yeah. nine I, out of ten times if you approach someone they're going to be your friend that tenth time they call the police <laughs> yeah the uh, i haven't been in a fight yet but i'll say i'll say that i have you ever seen in a fight if i what have you ever seen in a fight no because he always backs down <laughs> Like, I, if I was ever to have hit somebody in my life, oh, God, I'm not looking forward to the edit of this already, but is the person I've come closest to. Um, so, he, but whenever I stand tall and approach him and square up, 
whenever he drove me to that limit, he always would just turn tail and run away. I feel like I need to intervene here and tell everyone, Joel's not a violent person. I've never seen him even look like he was ever remotely going to raise his hands towards anyone. <laughs> Neither of us are that kind of person. So the fact that he's even having these kind of thoughts talks about how deranging interacting <laughs> is from yes. a normal person. <laughs> he has driven me to, to you know, fortunately Did he's... You make another one of your strike him one time and like have like a whole big drama about it he had a huge drama about it i mean like i can't i don't know the entire situation i never saw the video he claimed that he got in the face by this did he show up with every race no, no. <laughs> I, i'm surprised he didn't but everybody else claims that he got <laughs> for good reason and well, you know and the, he he got and then called the cops so didn't someone once like follow him to where he was so that they could try to off him or something? Threaten. I would say, I would use the term threaten. Yes. He, I think somebody, he upset somebody in traffic and that person decided that, you know, because we, well, I don't want to say what, but I, that specializes in, let's say in a, in a shape. Um, anyways, he, we wear, we have usually things on our, that tell you which place we at. And so if somebody is savvy enough, it's like if you're in this area and you have one of those on, most likely you are working at this specific. It's not it's not that hard for anybody who's savvy enough with Google to figure out. So he upset somebody in traffic. And then by the time he got back, he saw that car sitting outside. They were waiting for him to come back, you know, and and. But here's here's the here's the thing about him. He said to me that 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 this situation happened and the person went inside and then trashed the inside because he wasn't there. And then I talked to the people who work there who are very I have much more trustworthy people and they were like, "No, the people came in and asked and we told him that, you know, basically he wasn't here and we can't give out any information and the person kind of just huffed and walked away. So, so they did not trash the inside. They did, yeah. And it, it, I think he thinks of like what he would do. And then he just assumes everybody else would do that too. <laughs> All right. We, we've, this is almost turning into a question of the week. So why don't we get to the actual question of the week before we get into our main topics today? And as you might be able to see, I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt. I see the, the question of the week is about outdated laws. Outdated laws. What are you talking about? I have, uh, maybe I'm reading this wrong. I thought it said, do you, do you know how they say some laws are outdated? What's an example of one you can think of? Am I looking at the wrong notes? I think you're looking at the wrong notes. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have here, would you rather? So I was going to ask, in this day and age, this is a huge con controversial point. You don't have an opinion point. about that, though? I mean, you'd have to be talking about specific laws. Is there I, a law that you think is outdated? <laughs> How about we stick to, I'm going to stick to the script on this one because at this point, I, I, I don't know if you folks have seen on social media on uh, YouTube shorts, but Danny's starting to take his swipe at editing the podcast and anything I say can used, will be used against me in the editing room. Um, so I was just going to ask, I know it's a probably pretty basic question compared to what Danny asked, but you know, this is an icebreaker and get to know us and our taste. Would you rather watch the Star Wars prequel trilogy or the Star Wars sequel trilogy? Like, let's just assume it's a marathon session. Somebody says, we're going to watch one or the other today, and you have to watch all three movies back to back. Which one would you choose? I mean, I'm not excited about either. I can um, agree with that. I think maybe the sequels, but not because I like them, but just because I feel like they would be like, I don't know. The prequels, I haven't watched the prequels in a long time, but they were like a little on the cheesy side. Mm -hmm. Like, I think like if you did like a super cut where you like kind of cut out all the nonsense and just kind of focused on the cool stuff and like a really good editor did it, maybe I'd choose the prequels. Although the sequels could have some really good cuts too. It's just, here's the thing. For better or worse, the prequels were one coherent vision. So yeah. I get the, they get points for that. So mm -hmm. maybe that. The sequels was just kind of like, we've got a lot of money and we need to make a lot of money and let's just uh, get this done. Let's do this, people. Who needs a coherent vision? 
No. You know? Yeah. And let's get the people who brought you the coherent vision of Lost and put it all together and see what comes up. Oh, as a Lost apologist, I always like to mention, especially nowadays, that J.J. Abrams had very little to do with Lost besides making the pilot and, you know, overseeing the first few episodes being made. Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse were the real masters behind Lost. But uh, no, but that mystery box approach of J.J. Abrams was that definitely disappointed me. I think I always me, felt like Lost didn't go enough into the extreme survival methods. <laughs> what, it's like pee pee drinking? No, I just like there's like there's a lot of like um, debates online right now about extreme survival methods. Uh And I feel like Lost could have gone more into, you know, like, I don't know, people are just talking about what's like actually like ethical in the wild, things like that, like to do things to survive, like what like what you would do to drink or eat or things like that. I don't know if that's something you've given any thought to. No, no, I'm definitely a city. I'm a city person. <laughs> I, I, I get I get water from the tap that, you know, that flows clean water to my house. And yet I, I still don't trust it enough. And I filter that water further in a Brita, you know, and uh, my, my ethical debates are whether bottled water is ethical or not, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but well, to go back, I guess. So your answer as of right now is the sequel trilogy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to revise it just because one, I look, I, I, I like, I, I think like it's, it's really hard for me. Like I, I think from like, um, generally speaking in terms of just like not being annoyed by corniness, I think the sequels were less corny, although there are some corniness in it to it, but yeah. they're also less coherent. So it's. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> that pre- I mean, Attack of the Clones is like um, uh, coherency wise is almost a mess. I mean, in my opinion, well, I don't remember. So it's hard yeah, to say. exactly. Exactly. It's like, it, you know, it's like it's trying to be some sort of like, I don't um, spy plot or something like that. Conspiracy plot. But it's also trying to do it for babies, and, you know, teenagers. Why can just we admit that this is only just a platform for you to take a hot take on Last Skywalker being better than the, the last? <laughs> you mean the Last Jedi? <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah, as essentially this was this was going to be a backdoor way for me to rant about the Last Jedi and how awesome it is, and how I, if you were to only show me the Last Jedi, I would be just fine watching the sequel trilogy. But you know, essentially, I'll say this: with the prequel trilogy, you're right; you get a consistent, cohesive vision, whether it was good or bad, whether it was corny or not. I think you get like a th- a story through you know straight through with like a similar quality and tone. I will say also you get a lot more opportunity to like joke joke on it with your friends and relive the memes. I feel like the sequel trilogy, while it has my favorite one of my favorite Star Wars movies in it, suffering through the rise of Skywalker is something I plan on never doing again in my life after I saw it the first time. Talk about not getting you know me not raising fists and getting violent. I had the urge to pick up the soda in front of me while I was watching the movie and throw it at the screen. And what I did instead was I pushed the cup all the way to the edge of the table it was on just to be a release valve because you of how upset. just slowly pushed a soda in the, the yeah, edge just, of the table Yeah, I know. I'm valve. sure my then-girlfriend thought I was some level of insane because I would just, I just, like, took my hand. I wanted to pick up the soda and just throw it and, like, rage quit the movie. And this is, like, halfway through the movie, too. This isn't, like, the ending. You know, I still had a lot of movie to get through, which was still disappointing. And I just, like, I was just, like, watch, you know, watching the screen. I was just going... All right. Well, I think if I, so not to answer for you, but I think it sounds like we're both leaning. Well, you're leaning towards sequel trilogy and I'm leaning towards prequel trilogy. And yeah, I, I think say I'm leaning away from both trilogies. <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> I have zero plans to watch. In fact, I might have zero plans to watch any Star Wars in my immediate future. But that sounds like a topic for an entire different podcast with well, a different I'll say format. This. I would love to see a very, very talented filmmaker with very, very good writing do a trilogy set in the Old Republic. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's far enough removed where you could still feel like you're playing with some of the cool Star Wars themes, but also have some new, you know, mythology stuff to explore and you wouldn't feel quite as bound. Um, I feel like you could do something that really felt like maybe not as gruesome as Game of Thrones, but it'll have a little bit more of a Game of Thrones uh, vibe in the Old Republic. And I know that those guys were attached to something at some point, um, but 
I don't think that's happening, right? Like, I think they they did. De- de- detached themselves from almost everything after you know the reception that the final season of game of thrones got but yeah i would i would mostly concur at this point i think i would rather watch a star wars thing that was like completely independent of everything else the first two seasons of mandalorian were pretty good and on a hot take but i think solo might be the best thing the best of the movies that disney has produced um but here you could talk. We could talk all day about Star Wars. I just wanted to, you know, give everybody a barometer of how we felt. I think that tells that can tell an audience a lot. That can tell me a lot about a person is when I hear their feelings on Star Wars. It, it, it can make or break, you know, potential friendships. So hopefully we haven't alienated too much of our audience. Um, but why don't I'm we sure jump we, in? We alienated some. Yeah, we definitely did. We de- in fact, I think we cut we cut the mustard. <laughs> I think we cut the mustard in such a way that probably everybody's a little upset with us. But why don't we go ahead and jump into today's topic. And as we said at the top of the episode, we're going to be talking about building a community um, because that's what we're doing right now. And it's become the focus of our um, efforts, I would say, in the last two weeks specifically. I think we've shifted our attention, not necessarily away from the game. It obviously is still very much on the game, but it's like we're no longer having to deal dig deep inside the the nitty gritty you know minutia of the rules of the game as we were a few months ago and now we actually have to introduce the game to people so we're doing that on two fronts uh, you know online interaction with uh social media apps and events like tuesday night x and as well just any opportunity we have to make a face-to-face connection these are both very important so danny Tell me, how has it been on TikTok and Instagram and uh, what have what have you been doing and what are some strategies you've been utilizing in order to grow our audience and build our cult? Well, yeah, cult, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, I hope not. Um, so, you know, it's interesting, right? I'm not someone who has posted a lot on social media outside of just like my own personal pictures and updates. Um, I've not been one that's really engaged with the community. And so it's a lot of trial and error and, um, you know, learning what works and what doesn't. I've been very active on TikTok. Um, Annie, the head of community for Megamoth Studios, is more of Instagram and Facebook. But TikTok is something that I've been spending a lot of time with. And ultimately, what I've found works is really just trying to connect with people. Um, And you can do that a number of ways, right? You can... Um, make posts where you're asking questions and um, soliciting feedback. I think the key there is that it can't feel clickbaity. Like it really needs to be one, something genuinely that you're interested in and want information about, but also to something that like people want to have an opinion about. I mean, we're, we're talking about gamers, right? And, you know, I'm not going to say that they're not an opinionated bunch of people. Generally speaking, in my experience, gamers have opinions and they don't shy away from expressing them and that is both a blessing and a curse right like if you if you're doing well by them then you know they let you know and it feels great and if you do them wrong they (laughs) they let you know it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. great they never let you forget they never let you forget um so i i think that for me the number one thing is is social listening which is really just paying attention to what people are saying and doing around you um recognizing that this you know the platform and the community isn't about you, it's about everyone, and it's about a conversation and a dialogue, and you really need to make sure that you're um, being inclusive in the sense that you're trying to bring other people in, not trying to shine a spotlight on yourself. Ultimately, this isn't about you as an individual or um, or me as an individual or anything like that. It's, it's about... Um, about participating in a community, um, engaging a community, and hopefully uh, encouraging people to build a novel community around something that you're trying to introduce into the world. And I think one of the the other fundamental things here, Joel, before I kind of get your sense on this, is making sure that you have something that's actually worth building a community around. You know, if, if you're trying to build a community around your personality, probably not a great idea if you're trying to do it around you know a different random thing every week you know there's nothing for people to latch on understand what your niche is understand how you provide value to the community what you have to offer and um, offer it and it's not like you have to have something insane to offer you just you have to have something genuine yeah Um, what do you think 
Well, I mean, I think you make a great point there, and I'm, I'm going to go a little, I don't want to say off book, but, you know, I, uh, during the pandemic, I got into, you know, just, I, I think that's when I really opened up YouTube for the first time, like, as, like, in very seriously, like, looking around and trying to find things I was interested in. Mm -hmm. And I came across a YouTuber named Luke Miani, and he specialized in talking about, I mean, what he, the thing that you would see on his channel is that he found his niche because he learned at some point he was wanted to get into tech reviews and he learned at some point that people really started watching the videos where he talked about the value of old Macs. And now through that, he made a whole bunch of videos about like, what are like, what's like the sweet spot of like old, older computer to buy. And he did a lot of videos on that and keeping people up to date as to what was going on in the market, but also what was coming out in the future. And so then he also became like a news source for like, you know, reacting to the Apple news that was coming out. He was reviewing other things. Uh, but I mean, it's just I, I've seen him grow. Like when I first started watching him, he was just, you know, he was he was taking himself very seriously. I mean, he was like, you know, it, near the end of his college years and uh, working out of a, a spare bedroom in the uh, part or the house that he was like renting a room out of and ever since i've started watching him i've seen him go from that to like basically having his own apartment that he rented out specifically to be like his studio and you know like seeing that he's like respected in the community seeing him go on to other apple-based uh podcasts and that's like that is the key there is like you like he it's a sweet spot i do think where it's like well you know now we're staring into the you know, into the, the reflecting mirror, it's like a sweet spot of you have to be offering something to the community, I think more than just your personality, but at the same time, you want to be a pleasant person to be around and to be seen. Uh, and he definitely had that. He has, you know, his charm, he's, you know, has charisma. And it's just interesting because like his, and especially like as a, me as a 36 year old man, I, you know, looking back at his videos, he starts, his videos start when he's maybe well, his his earliest videos start when he's like a fourteen year old kid, but like you know when I when he got started getting serious, he was probably in his early twenties, maybe like twenty to twenty two, and like just over the past few years, just seeing him grow and knowing like what trajectory you know he'll probably be on because I'm I'm assuming he's like twenty five to twenty seven now. Anyways, uh, that is to say though that it is key. We had I th I don't think either one of us would have started doing what we're doing right now, looking into a cameras and talking to each other and recording it if it was just some like, you know, uh, us having pop culture review ideas or us talking about a game that already existed, I think the reason we're doing this is because we're wanting to bring our game that we do earnestly believe in. Um, we have, I could have an entire episode about how we actually think we, we kind of claim amongst ourselves that we didn't create the game. We discovered it. Um, and I think that's very true. And that makes that helps you stay humble. And like, if anything, I feel like I get on here because I'm carrying the torch for the game that I love that I, I know about. And now other people are starting to know about and it's becoming realer and realer. But we have to do this. And I think that's why that's why we're here doing this, because we have something we have something important to say. And that is that there's this awesome game that you and I really believe in. And we have to be the number one fans, first and foremost. Absolutely. And, and the podcast, like you said, has really just been an extension of our desire to build community around the around the game and around game design and, and, and find a way to contribute and to interact and and to be relevant. Um, and it's weird because when we started doing this, I mean, I think we kind of started a podcast with the best possible mindset, which is we don't really care if it's successful. <laughs> Like we really just kind of did it so that we would have, you know, some clips that maybe eventually we could use or some documentary footage to chronicle, you know, where our head was. And maybe this was just the kind of thing that we would, you know, play at each other's funerals. But, <laughs> but really, I mean, I think it's kind of, you know, it's been surprising to us that people actually have been tuning in and listening and we've been hearing really positive feedback and, um, you know, there are people who, who find value in, in getting sort of some perspective on other people trying to design games and the challenges mm -hmm. that you face. And so, you know, I think, you know, the takeaway there is just because you think that you aren't an expert at something uh, and you don't want to share your opinion, you know, look, it's an opinion. You know, everyone understands it's an opinion. They're not going to take what you have to say as though it's, it's gospel. But that doesn't mean that you don't have perspective that's valid and worth sharing. So... You know, 
be humble and, you know, share your thoughts and, and maybe it provides value for other people and, and maybe it doesn't, but if it doesn't, that's fine. You know, like you don't have to be everything to everyone. You don't have to be anything to anyone. So that's my philosophy on this podcast specifically as a co-host. <laughs> well, well, while you're sitting there being uh, nothing to anybody, uh, why don't you tell me about, uh, so I think the one, the, the social media network that I understood the least coming into this was TikTok. And that, sure. like, I'm a YouTube boy. Like, I love me YouTube. I find, I often joke around, but it's like, I find seven hour long videos to watch about, you know, Tetris. Um, so you, though, you found, you, or you found TikTok. You took to TikTok pretty early, I want, or relatively recently. And it be in that, it, TikTok was your YouTube. So you're now starting to actually be a content creator there and posting videos, you know, trying to engage with the game creation community. Um, what are some of your great successes and what are some of the things that have actually like taken, you know, uh, you, what, what are some of the experiments that you've run that have actually, you know, taken off on that platform? You know, my greatest success on TikTok is simply just meeting people that I enjoy being around or interacting with. I mean, I haven't done anything on TikTok that I think is remarkable. I think I've met people that are remarkable, and, and that's kind of the big thing for me. Um, one one um, creator in particular, I mean, we've talked about Curvin a lot. So, you know, Curvin goes without saying, uh, 4Y Games, he's, I mean, if it wasn't for Curvin, I don't think that we would have been as successful as quickly we, as we were in terms of uh, reaching audience. And so, you know, a lot of thanks to Curvin. Um, but someone that we've met along the way, um, who I think is at a similar place in their journey of building a community is named Affect, uh, good for games. And we'll, we'll share his, uh, his handle in the show notes. Cause he's certainly somebody that is worth following and supporting. So what Affect does is he runs a community. I think it's in Chicago or around Chicago where he, you know, exposes teenagers to game design and development and considerations and they work together in designing games and i think it's just a fantastic program it's the kind of thing that as a teenager i would have loved to have participated with um and effect approaches it with such tremendous um passion and um he's super charismatic super informative he pays attention to detail he's a very generous person you can just tell um and um I would highly recommend checking him out, but coming in contact with him was huge. That's something that I've really appreciated. Um, but there's just also been some other uh, creators that have constantly communicated and commented on some of our material and offered really great feedback. And, you know, we've just, we've met a lot of people that I, I'm really grateful for um, and, and we'll continue to do so. And hopefully we will uh, bring um, new audiences to them because, you know, we feel like they're, they're people who deserve to be heard. But um, I know I kind of went off there on, on TikTok. The one thing I'll just say before I, I pass it back to you is it's important to understand your platform, understand what people are doing, understand how people communicate and be yeah. willing to take some risks and, and try things. And, and, and kind of back to what you said about Luke, make content. And then when you see that people are responding to it, try to iterate on it and you might go too far. You know, I mean, I think I've done that myself. I think, you know, when I started asking questions and seeing that people like them, I think I went too far and asked maybe too many questions and too, mm -hmm. or too often. And, and, you know, the realization there is like, okay, they want some questions that are thoughtful um, and sprinkled through, but maybe that's not, they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to question barrage. Nobody likes an yeah. interrogation. Plus it's like, oh. there's, I mean, there's like five go-to top tier questions that you could ask about like TCGs and game de design and development. And then, you know, a lot of, if you, once you run through those, it's going to be a lot of filler, like, you know, uh, it's like you want to, I, I think you need to, you know, spread out the content, uh, you know, depending on what it is. But I, I do think you had, you had some really great pops and like, wait, how, Okay, when we went to Norman, when we left to Norman, we were at 200 followers yeah, we, on TikTok? Yeah, we, we, were, we were probably at around just shy of 200, uh, just, just shy of 300, I think. Okay, and, but since then, and that's like less than two weeks since, has it been less than two weeks? Yeah, we're just out, out of like a week and a half. You've already added another 100 there, if, if not more. What are we I at think, right now to date it? Uh, let me look. Okay. I mean, it's not an impressive total, but I'll tell you what it is. Oh, no, it's it's like it, but it, it is growing. And that's the important part. 
432 right now. 432. Um, yeah, I mean, really, the goal here is is I'd like to get to a thousand so that we can go live and you know do things like um, talk to other content creators or game designers uh, live on um, TikTok at night. You know, have conversations, um, answer questions. Um, you know, play games, um, talk about X Seekers of Fortune stream Tuesday night X. I mean, there's a lot of cool things that we can do with the community once we have a thousand followers and can go live. No, that all sounds great, Danny. So before we transition to talking about community building one-on-one, -on -one, do you have any other ideas or any final thoughts about community building in mass on a whole? Absolutely. No, I, th I think, I mean, really it is, is less about building the mass and, and sort of what you alluded to building one-on-one, -on -one, whether, you know, I think the, the perception is if you're on social media you're trying to build an audience in mass. But what I've found is it really is those individual connections. It's commenting on other people's videos and them coming back and then you having a conversation and then you're having a DM and then you're introducing yourselves to each other and you're talking about life. And next thing you know it, you're supporting them on their initiatives and they're supporting you on yours and they're bringing people to you and you're bringing people to them and you're all connecting on common interest and a desire to help other people succeed. and. It, and, and it's not just the content creators, it's also just the individual people who are there to enjoy content. I think showing a genuine interest in people is the quickest way for them to show a genuine interest in you. People are social creatures, they uh, appreciate reciprocity, you have to be authentic, you can't be out there just trying to shill and get people to buy what you have to sell. I mean, ultimately, you know, if you're genuinely going to them and saying, hey, like if you're interested, I'd love to share this experience with you. I'm happy to spend time with you. Tell me about what you're interested in. How can I support you? You know, one by one, you, you make these connections and then those people tell their friends and they bring their friends because they want their friends to hang out where they're hanging out. And slowly but surely, you build an audience. Some people are out there, they're trying to just run up their, their follower accounts, whether it be on Instagram or TikTok or whatnot. And early on, you know, I had a conversation with our head of media, Annie, and she said, well, what are our metrics around follower accounts? Like, how, do, how quickly do we want to grow? I'm like, I don't care what our follower accounts are. I care whether or not the followers we have are genuine. Because at the end of the day, I would rather have, um, you know, 50% um, of 1,000 people engaged than 1% of, you know, uh, 100,000, you know. And so... Um, hold on, let me do that math before I say that. 50% <laughs> yeah. of 1,000 people is 500. 1% of 100,000 is I would still, I guess I would rather have 1%. <laughs> Let's say yeah. this. I would rather have 75% uh, uh, of 2,000 than 1% of 100,000. There, there is a scaling, there is a diminishing returns to scaling math, but at the end of the day, it is much more likely that you're going to get to 100,000 followers if 50% of that first thousand are engaging. Yeah, I you think know. that's the, that's the, the secret there. It's, it's all mm -hmm. about a proportion that's healthy and genuine. For sure. And I think you've been doing a great job, you know, like doing those, uh, I guess, I guess, the whole like yeah treating each individual follower as a win treating each you know like person who you know you're, you're constantly texting us like TikToks of people mentioning our our channel you know because they they decided to engage with you because you asked a question that they wanted to respond to so just those it's like slowly but surely it's like we're we're getting you know, we're getting an audience and we're getting people who want to have a conversation with us. And that's, that's the most important part. One of the things that has really helped us in community building face to face has been showing up to places all wearing the same t-shirt. We all, we, so we have a mega moth t-shirt you might've seen in the first few episodes where they're getting, we're having to be careful with them because they're not, they weren't designed. There we go. Yeah. Danny represents. We have that mega moth t-shirt. I think Danny did a great job deciding on how to display the logo on it. Um, and when we show up like three to four people all wearing that t-shirt going into a place, it becomes a lot more interesting to talk to people because they, they notice you. So they ask you, maybe like, what, what is your cult all about? Yes, exactly. And it makes it way easier to start talking to them face to face. So, I mean, I guess I could just go ahead and get into my section, if you will. 
now I do have to preface this. I am not like any sort of expert. I don't want to come across as like somebody who's like some sort of, you know, the business version of a pickup artist. But I will say that when you are, when you are, when you have something you believe in and something you really want to show people, it becomes, for me at least, it has become so much easier to like, just go up and talk to people. I have, that's always been like something I've been nervous about. I was never really great at, you know, talking to, you know, talking to women specifically, you know, if I didn't already know them, they weren't already my friend group. Um, and just going up and talking to random people for other endeavors. But ever since I've gotten into being the head ambassador for X Seekers of Fortune in real life, I find it so easy to joke, go up and strike a conversation with, you know, uh, people who look like they might that that look like they might be interested in our game and let's face it we're as game designers uh tabletop game designers we can tell the you know we can tell our own type you know uh a lot you know a d20 anywhere uh in their outfit that's pretty much an instant go um but it, it's like if you just start talking about these things about you know board game culture about nerd culture they in public you know it's like that that little drop morsel of food is all you need to put out for somebody to let you know everything that they're into. <laughs> like, so basically if you're talking to somebody and you mention like, uh, I don't know, uh, D and D, if you mention you know, role-playing or playing magic, the gathering and they don't say anything at all, you know, that that's not like somebody that you need to like really be, uh, grilling, uh, to get to play your game. But the second they start going off and they will, you can rest assured that you can, uh, that, they will let you know everything that um, all their opinions, all their, yeah, I think you've said this before earlier, you were just saying how gamers are opinionated people and they will let you know their opinion. And it is very true. In fact, I, you know, maybe we're finding out right now that we have two different topics of conversation, you know, online um, social uh, online community building and face-to-face -face community building. But the principles are essentially the same. You just have to get, you know, you just have to genuinely be interested in the people in front of you and want to hear what they think. And then and then they're going to be interested in what you have to say back to them. I mean, I know this is a book based on the title, sometimes controversial, but how to win friends and influence people. It's a wonderful audiobook to listen to because it was actually a it was actually a uh, what is it called? You know, it was it, it was a class that was taught to audiences of people that was transcribed and turned into a book. So when you when you then perform it as an audiobook, it's actually a really good listen. So A, I'd highly recommend finding an, uh, an audiobook version of that. But it is, uh, but there's a lot of principles in there that you can um, rest assured work for real life. You know, when you walk up, if you, if you want to engage people and talk to them about your personal project or the thing that you're representing, say your, you know, your friend makes, makes their own game. You're not the game maker, but you want, you believe in your friend and you love the game, you know, going up to talking to people, like a big portion of it is just going to be to let them talk to you about themselves. And they're going that like, just letting people talk to you about what they like will make them endeared to you. Um, so that's, I guess that's, that's one thing. I, I, well, so I that's one really lesson. That's a really great point yeah. there, which is, and I think it ties perfectly back with what we were talking about with social media. Like building community comes down to listening to people. Like if you're not listening to people, then you're not going to get people to build your community because a community isn't about you. A community is about everyone giving and taking from each other ideas, sharing good memories, sharing good times. And if you're not listening, you're not building a community. Yes, 100%. And if, if all you, if all you do is get up on the soapbox and instantly start pitching, you're not going to get, you're, you're not going to get the same results as if you actually like stop and listen. Like, I think you made a big impact with Kervin meeting him face to face, uh, without even knowing it, it, their status in the gaming community. And it's, I'm, I'm just presuming you just listened to what he had to say because he wanted to help you. Yeah, I mean, well, Kervin was just a very nice person who you could tell, um, you know, and I, I'm really grateful I met him the way I did, which was he just sat down to play the game. I had no idea who he was, and um, he played the game, and um, you could tell his, his wheels were turning the whole time. You know, you could tell... Here's one of the things that I admire the most about Kervin. He's like a student of, like, game design and development. Like, when he sits down to make a game, like right now he's working on his roller, rolling right. 
he like played like every role in white he could find and studied them, figured out what the commonalities are. I mean, we'll hopefully one day we'll, we'll get a chance to have him on the podcast to sit down and talk to him and learn a little more about it. But I mean, he's somebody I really admire because he really gets into the nitty gritty of how games work. And you could tell when he sat down to play X Seekers of Fortune, he was he was analyzing it at a high level the whole time he was playing. And then afterwards, it was like he sat there, he had a few comments, but he was largely digesting. And then he just really wanted to connect and talk a little bit about what we were trying to do. And the next thing we knew, you know, he was kind of helping us get our footing with a broader audience. And so... And I'll always be grateful for that um, and I'll always admire that about him. He's just very, very uh, analytical and, <laughs> and very dry in, in the most hilarious way. And I, I can't uh, say how much I, I love that sense of humor. Oh, yeah. He's uh, like, yeah, I can't wait to see him uh, to, to talk to him like directly on the podcast. I've been watching his TikToks for a little while now. He's very prolific on TikTok and he definitely has he, he definitely captures your attention. Um, well, speaking of capturing people's attention, I, you know, like I said, I'm no expert in this. I'll just run through a kind of a quick bulletin, like bullet points of some things I noticed have worked for me. I'm, if you haven't already told, been able to tell from the podcast, I'm a very unique kind of person. I might not be everybody's cup of tea, but some people really enjoy me. I'm like honey to them. So, um, yeah, tell us what, what is your face? Uh, what is your, what is kind of your approach? Your, how do you approach making connections face to face? I'll say this has been these are skills and you know, like these, there's been a lot of years that went into kind of these approaches, but some of the things that I will do is notice something about the person you're approaching and talk to them about that thing. It's, you know, compliment it if you can. Uh, people love, uh, like really enjoy hearing compliments and I, and do, and do it genuinely. Don't just compliment something. I think you, people can tell if you're complimenting something and you don't actually mean it. So just find something that you like that you genuinely think is cool and mention it to them. That usually will help endear you to them and kind of open up a pathway for the two of you to talk. Um, I think you you've, know, I've heard you give more genuine compliments in the time I've known you than any other person I've ever met. In fact, sometimes I'm on the phone with you while you're working for that company that we won't say the name of, and uh -huh. I hear you compliment 15 people over the course of a few hours. <laughs> like with some really creative compliments too, like... Uh, that's a very nice cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it, 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 I, the way I look at it is it's like you it, looking out for something that you enjoy that you want to bring up is almost like actually living in the moment. So, you know, looking around, seeing seeing into somebody's house and seeing that they have like something very nifty or that they're watching something on TV that you've seen before, you know, that sort of thing. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it could come across as creepy, but I think like being observant and not just being on autopilot makes a huge difference. So I would say, yes, live in the moment and observe, you know, and actually, actually think about what you're observing and, you know, have something to say about it is a huge thing. And when you're getting to talk to people and then also just appreciation, appreciate their time that they spent with you let them know that you appreciated the that they gave you their time and that and that um that goes so far with people and i do this i try to gr express this sort of gratitude to everybody i think my i think my girlfriend's getting a wee bit annoyed at me for it because i just will stop and even a cashier i'll just try to you know, let them know how much I appreciate, you know, that they checked me out and I'm, and I am genuine about it because it is, it, it's, it's very nice to have a cust a, a personal interaction. I'm actually, I'm call me a dinosaur, but I'm one of those people who is very much like, I, I do like good customer service and I think that it has value. And I, I try to, when I can go through, you know, the actual checkout line, instead of doing the self checkouts, you know, I don't like, I like to be on the phone if I'm if I'm doing something that I could do online on a form. Sometimes I'll just call the company and you know talk to a representative because I do like genuinely enjoy having somebody to talk to, bounce ideas off of, ask questions to, and that sort of real time feedback means a lot to me. So just you know, pay for the time that you take from somebody else by expressing a genuine interest in what what they're presenting and an appreciation for the time they give you. I think. If you do that, then you're not really stealing their time. You're hopefully making their day better. And you know what? If that means that they're more likely to go and look up the thing that you talk to them about, that I think you're succeeding. 
Yeah, that's a great point. I really like the way you put that, you know, pay for pay for the time that you're taking from them by, you know, showing them genuine attention and appreciation. Um, I think to round out this conversation about face to face meetings, and this is this is going to be something yet again, I, I now that we've actually talked through this topic, I feel like online and face to face, you use different tools, but they are very similar in like what your approach is going to be, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, well, let me go back. I talk about something that's different from uh, online to face-to-face -face. eye contact that goes a long way. Please look people in the eye. It shows a great deal of respect. I mean, don't linger, but <laughs> you know, make a, make a quick, like, you know, one, two, three beat eye contact and you know, they're going to be engaged with you. But I was going to say that we have one thing that really has, I think, gone a long way into making me much more comfortable to go up and talk to people about the game and about what we're doing is the fact that we kind of have over the course of the past, it's pretty much nine months now. I mean, more seriously, five months of, you know, knowing exactly what we were making and starting to st gear ourselves up for presenting to presenting it to other people. We have developed a script of sorts. And I don't mean this like we go into autopilot or, you know, robot mode, but we do have our talking points down talking about the game. We know the things that we want our the people we interact with to walk away knowing about the game. And it's just getting refined further and further as we go or more and more as we go and being sort of added to and subtracted from. And I think like you're just going to, uh, depending on what you're doing out there, and I presume if you're watching this, you're probably primarily interested in either watching Danny and I talk into microphones and stare at cameras, or you're interested in game design and development. And trust me, whenever possible, think about like how you want to describe your game and bring it down to like keywords that you can hit. And Danny and I, while we were in Norman, we did do a, a video record for potential Kickstarter video kind of stuff. And we got to a point where we had to express something in the game that we realized we didn't have condensed, you know, down to a perfect science. And we actually had to stop and sit down and develop a little script. And uh, I had to basically memorize it. It was basically I was uh, had to do a line reading uh, that I wasn't expecting to. And there's a huge difference between saying something off the cuff and saying something that's been scripted because you kind of have to practice a scripted thing. But now that we went, the, but every time we go through that process, that kind of gets added to your repertoire. I'm not saying I could say the line right here, right now, but I, I think the next time I have to present that material, I'll have something to fall back to and I'll refine it again and again. So just know that the, and practice this with your friends, like go to your friends, uh, when you're talking to your friends about your game, practice saying these short snippy you know, for lack of a better term, sound bites to them and get get it down. So that way, when you're talking to somebody you don't know and they ask you what your game is about, you're ready to draw that, you know, you're ready to draw on them and tell them exactly what your game is. And I think once you do that once or twice and it goes pretty well, you're going to realize people are impressed when you actually aren't wasting their time. It's a big waste of time to try to hear somebody talk about Oh, my game, you know, it's, it's a, well, so it's a deck building game. And what a deck building game is, is, is um, you have to, you buy resources with card, you know, like if you are finding yourself not knowing where to start, you need to decide where to start and you need to know exactly what you're going to say, because you know, there's no bigger waste of time and no quicker way to lose somebody than not knowing uh, what they want to hear. Um, pretty much what they want to hear is what you have to say, as long as it's concise and to the point. Yeah, I think being concise and to the point is important. And I think that when you script something and really hone in on the touchstones, it just makes it to that when, when that moment pops up and you find yourself having to explain something to someone on the fly, your brain almost subconsciously has a map to follow to explaining it in a coherent map matter. Um, so, yeah, no, great, great points. Absolutely. I think that, you know, people should definitely heed that advice because, um, it served both of us well in our in our communication to have uh, a certain level of preparation. I don't remember exactly what the quote is, so I'm going to butcher it. But it's something about like when you show up and, and perform or fail or whatever, you you basically regress to whatever your highest level of preparation is. So, you know, at the end of the day, when when you're when you're in competition, you're going to do what you have kind of ingrained in yourself to do. You know, you're not going to. I mean, you may once or twice have an amazing improvisation, but generally speaking, you know, most of us are going to just need to fall back on something that we've prepared.
You know, Danny, that's very well said. And Will, I challenge you to look up the quote that Danny is referring to and put it in the show notes down below where people should be checking out all of our credits. Um, but I think that should probably wrap up this episode. Danny, did you have anything else you wanted to add about the topics? No, I think I think we, we did it um, pretty well. I mean, generally speaking, just to summarize, to build a community, you do it one, one, one individual at a time, listening uh, to that person, finding something genuine to connect with them about, showing them genuine attention, um, and, and trying to reciprocate um, that interest and, uh, and, and, and being just as generous with trying to help them as um, they are in, in trying to help you is, is how you, you build a community one person at a time, not a cult. Well said, Danny. And, you know, we're going to continue to build this cult, I mean, community over the course of the next you know, months, if not years. So uh, we're probably going to revisit this topic here in the future as we learn more about the community building and kind of like fill in more of the areas. But I could definitely say get on social media and uh, but get like basically get on the phone and on, you know, on a screen, but also get off the screen and, you know, go and meet people in real life. So. Next time on the official Megamoth Studios podcast, we're going to lay ourselves down on the couch side by side for a bit of intimacy, psychological intimacy, that is, as we delve into gaming and pop culture references that populate our subconscious and weasel their way into X, Seekers of Fortune, in one form or another. You nailed it. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we do have to go through something random. And uh, uh, let's, let's, uh, we wrote in the script. Why is it unfortunate? Well, because these... You these don't trust me? <laughs> I don't this trust anybody. <laughs> okay. we That's something my girlfriend asked me, too. And I'm like, dear, I don't trust myself. <laughs> uh, we write into the script that they it's to be three to five minutes. And I do have... To, I, I am supposed to be somewhere around four o'clock. So let's see if we can keep it to three or five minutes. Okay, but I need you to relax because this is this is not something I can, we can't do this 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 edition of something random if you're not relaxed. Okay, okay, I'm relaxed. You trust me? I trust you. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, I have to ask because apparently this is inappropriate to do without asking someone first. So um, before we get started, um, do I have your uh, consent to hypnotize you? <laughs> Yes, you have my consent to hypnotize me. Do I need to be looking at you in the monitor? Uh, I, I, or is okay. this like more like a close my eyes and, and breathe thing? This is a close your eyes, breathe type of thing. Okay, cool. Okay. I'll, I'll do that now. I want you to find a comfortable place to sit down or lie down. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Hold it. Now let it out slowly. You feel relaxed and at peace. Breathe in, hold it, let it out slowly. You feel relaxed and at peace. Breathe in, hold it, let it out slowly. You feel relaxed and at peace. With each breath you take, imagine yourself sinking deeper and deeper into a state of complete calm. You're safe. You're at ease. Now, imagine you are in a serene forest, surrounded by the beautiful sights and sounds of nature. You can hear the rustling of the leaves, the distant hoot of an owl, and the gentle rush of a nearby stream. This place brings you peace. In the forest. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> In the forest, you see various. <laughs> okay. I think you had me there for a moment, Danny. I was. I, I was. I'm like. I, this is. This is good. This is good. Okay. Give me. In the forest, you see various animals living freely, enjoying their natural habitats. Amongst them, <laughs> give me a second. Okay. <clears throat> Among them, 
there is a majestic bald eagle. <laughs> what happened? Oh. Sorry. I got really hungry and violent for a second. Soaring high above you. Free and powerful. Close your eyes. Come on. Breathe in. Breathe in. In. Out. Breathe in. Breathe in. The sight fills you with a deep respect and admiration for these creatures. You feel a sense of understanding, a realization that each creature has its unique role in the ecosystem, and their lives are to be respected. You have no desire to harm these animals <laughs> or disrupt their peace. They're exotic. <laughs> Their exotic alert is not for consumption. <laughs> but for admiration and respect. As you watch the eagle soar, you're reminded of a time in the past. A time when you sought the taste of something exotic something wild and it resulted in pain and regret you remember <laughs> you remember the tiger and how the majesty the majesty and power were not meant for a dish but for the wild from this moment forward you will no longer crave the taste of exotic flesh <laughs> Instead, you will channel the desire into a love for preserving these creatures, protecting their habitats, and advocating for their survival. You will replace your previous cravings with a profound respect for the wild and all of its inhabitants. Now, I'm going to count from one to five. At the count of five, you will awaken feeling refreshed and rejuvenated, carrying forward the newfound understanding and respect with you. One. Two, three, rising, four, almost there, and five. Open your eyes when you're ready. Uh. The script aims to foster respect for wildlife and create a desire <laughs> for exotic needs. But remember, hypnosis is not a guaranteed method of behavior change and usually requires multiple sessions. Mm -hmm. Other interventions like education, therapy, and conversation are also <laughs> crucial. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I, I really have a desire to go out find a bald eagle and salute it <laughs> now my, my my cravings for bald eagle have fully passed me I am now reformed I need you to elaborate on part of the hypnosis script it's important that the tiger memory part is super detailed he has a bad memory <laughs> so please just recount the events in the most plausible yet de detailed manner remember that he removed his clothes first <laughs> brought ketchup with him <laughs> Wait, what now allow your mind to drift back to a time in the past, a day like any other, but one that would soon stand out in your memory. You remember waking up in the morning feeling a strange mix of excitement and apprehension. There was an idea, a plan, but it was far from ordinary. You recall standing on the edge of the tiger's habitat, taking a moment to remove your clothes. <laughs> your skin tingled in the open air, the sun casting long moving shadows as the trees danced in the breeze. There was a bottle in your hand, familiar and yet out of place in the setting. Ketchup, the bright red color in stark contrast with the greens and browns of the wild around you. It seemed almost absurd, a small reminder of a world that felt very far away in that moment. Stepping forward, you ventured into the tiger's territory. Every crunch of leaves under your bare feet echoed through the silent forest. The usually comforting sounds of nature now holding a tense anticipation. Then you saw it. The tiger, majestic and powerful, its stripes a blur of orange and black against the green backdrop. Its eyes met yours, a wild and untamed force of nature looking back at you. Wait. You, you held did, 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 the ketchup, <laughs> a weak offer in the face of such raw power. But the power is not, of the wild is not to be taken lightly. You remember the fear 
in the realization that you stepped, had stepped into a world that was not meant to be disturbed, the sudden pain as the tiger defended its territory, a stark reminder of the respect owed to these magnificent creatures as you lie here safe and sound. That memory is a reminder, a lesson learned from a time when you overstepped a boundary, a time when your actions led to harm for both you and a majestic creature you disturbed. You carry this lesson, a guide for you on how you interact with the wild world around you. This is perfect, but I need more detail on when he bit the tiger in an attempt to douse it. Wait, okay, what, what is, okay, what, I have to, I have to put a stop to this. What is this absurdity? Are you doing like, psych, like hypnosis Mad Libs over there? Uh, no, I just spent a lot of time trying to consult with ChatGPT how to get you out of your bald eagle eating obsession. <laughs> we had a very detailed conversation, which I have... <laughs> Which I have uh, <laughs> copy and pasted in voice to text and, and have recorded the dialogue for, which I'll release as a separate video. <laughs> oh, I am very glad to hear that. I can't wait to listen to the entire thing when I'm not on camera and can actually laugh. <laughs> not that it stopped me right now. My goodness. Uh, at one point it said, like, this, this is an absurd sight. And I was like, yes. <laughs> It sounded like I don't know. That was that was very absurd. And I, I but I do feel um, I don't feel I'll ever hunger for bald eagle in my life again. I'm glad that it was effective, and I I feel you owe me you know a lot of gratitude for that. <laughs> Danny, I appreciate the time you spent as ChatGPT to ask it how to make me not hunger for bald eagles ever again, and something to do with a tiger uh, and being shirtless. <laughs> My favorite line from the second part is, then driven by a strange (laughs) impulse, you bit into the tiger's flesh. The taste was like nothing you expected. A raw primal sensation that was far removed from anything you'd ever known. At the same time, you attempted to douse the tiger with ketchup. Its familiar tangy smell is bizarrely mixed with the wild scent of an animal. (laughs) Oh, and I love this description of the tiger mauling you. I, I like I said, I'm just looking forward to be able to appreciate that with all the context now. ChatGPT is definitely fine with me. Okay, so how about we go ahead and wrap this one up? So I'm going to go into our outro because that was quite that was quite something random. I'm going to actually have to like recover from that. That was so random. Um, so our credits uh, for our show, the blah, blah blah. I can't even speak. Hypnotosis. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the official Megamoth Studios podcast. Our theme music was written by James Hilden. Our show is produced and edited by William Wymore. Our social media, we are at TikTok at Megamoth Studios, all one word. Instagram, we're X underscore Seekers underscore of underscore Fortune. And at Facebook, we are X Seekers of Fortune. Also, if you were just to go to Google.com and Google X Seekers of Fortune, we're going to be the top three results, and they're all very relevant links that we'd want you to check out. You can play the beta version of X Seekers of Fortune for free at Tabletopia.com, and if you join us on our Discord, uh, every Tuesday live, we have Tuesday Night X, where you can learn to play, make friends, find matches, and link... uh, and link up with other people who enjoy X Seekers of Fortune or just enjoy long, elaborate stories about men eating tigers with ketchup. Links to join the Discord server and Instagram and TikTok are in the bios. You're going to find that down below or in the show notes on your favorite podcatching app, um, as well as the X Seekers of Fortune webpage. Um, Aside from that, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Oh, where'd you get that shirt? It looks so cool. I really enjoy that property. All right, fortune seekers, see you later. No bald eagles were hurt during the making of this podcast, but shortly thereafter, there was blood. (laughs) 